I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the draft, they'll have a Padres Twitter segment, and they will be joined by John Connett from Mad Friars. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast Prepped edition. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric Labou. Uh We weren't really prepped, actually, because this is the second time we've tried to open this up. Uh, the <laughs> settings weren't there. So we apologize to the uh, Lord podcasters out there. No one would have known if you didn't say anything, though. That's okay. Who cares? So we're sitting here. We're watching the draft. Uh, yeah, kinda, let's get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll paint the picture for you guys. We have the draft on in the background. The Padres just selected Ryan Weathers with their pick. And uh, Danny and I here getting a little bit of an argument before we even uh, hit record. Because I don't know if we're in an argument or I'm just asking why you're so damn cynical. Because, man, it's hard for me, to, it's hard for me to, to get stoked about the draft. I'm not pumped either. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I was pumped last year just because, you know, Gore is an exciting player, but I typically, I remember when they drafted Renfro, I was like, who? Well, yeah. <laughs> Go look him up. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's... First round pick, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, we were talking We were talking before we started recording. It's just for me personally, and we'll kind of tie this into a, a lot of the Twitter talk and people like uh, Togerson's of the world saying, hey, they're only five and a half games back. Yeah, we'll get into that. Giving them the false hope, and then, you know, you end up winning games... It, it kind of goes back to the thing, like, we don't want to say tank. We don't want to say, like, hey, let's fucking tank. You know what uh, I mean? I've been saying that all year. I feel like I get tired. I don't know what to feel as a Padre fan right now. I'm so, like, conflicted. Apathy. I I'm feel so, apathy. I'm so conflicted because I don't. I hate watching them lose, but then at the end of the day, when you have the seventh overall pick, it's hard to get excited for it, man. If it's not top three, I don't care. See? I'm thinking of last year, last year's draft. I'm sitting there, and to your point, which you said before, there's no, like, real hop off the paper yeah. Uh, prospects Not here this for this year. draft, but last year we're sitting there, we're like, hey, we have the third pick, and we could get Hunter Green assuming exactly. he falls. And we're sitting there, and I'm watching on my phone at work. And the, I was there with you. We had that false sense of hope when uh, Royce the Lewis twins took Royce or, Lewis. Or, yeah. yeah, and we're like, oh, we're like, oh, here we go. All we need is one team to pass on Hunter Green, and we get Hunter Green. But it's okay because if they do take Hunter Green, then we get Mackenzie fucking Gore, who right now is better than Hunter Green. And that's what happens. We <laughs> have a top three pick. That's yeah. what happens when you have a top three pick. And when you have a, a number seven pick, you end up going under slot to take a guy later in the draft who might fall to you um, in Kyler Murray. And guess what? He's picked with the number nine pick. Yeah. I'm just, it's hard for me to get my dick hard about this. See, so I, excuse me for not being stoked. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't invest too much in draft. Like, I have a pretty good idea of the players that are available because the last couple of weeks, obviously, this show was coming up. We happened to move our recording schedule up a day. It just happened to be on the draft. So, I have an idea of some of the players. We'll, I, be, we'll be recording on Mondays from now on. Yes, sir. FYI so, for you yeah, guys. FYI. So, um, here's the thing I think that's hard to get excited about the draft. It's that these players, other than when they're slam dunk names, and the thing with Gore is that he had, he's immediately produced when he's on the field. He's had some blister issues, but when he's been on the field, rave reviews. So, I think it's hard when we get excited. People weren't Doesn't excited. does he have like a 10 ERA? Who? Mackenzie Gore. He's thrown like three games this year, and he's had blister issues. Well, I mean, what like rave they... reviews are you seeing? 
What are you talking about? He said consensus, like, top 50 prospects. I'm just giving shit. Go ahead. Anyways. <laughs> but I think it's like when they drafted Quantrill, right? Even you. Your, your I was re- mad, dude. Your reaction to the whole 2016 draft? <laughs> they took two Tommy John guys, some guy with a white name and Mexican name mixed into one. Oh, this is so dumb. But now we Hudson's look back. Hudson Pot Sanchez, yeah. yeah. Now we look back and think, that was a really damn good draft because Hudson Potts is doing great at Lake Elsinore. Uh, Reggie Lawson is doing great at Lake Elsinore. Uh, Quantrill, you know, that, that silly might have come down a little bit, but he's doing well, and he projects to be a major league starter, which if you can get a major league, even a number three or number four major league starter out of the first round draft or first round pick, that's a success. Even if he's not a superstar, it's a success. I suppose. But, it just seems to me, like, when you look through the system, like, we were super stoked about all these pitchers and blah, blah, blah. Hey, we have Quantrill. He's going to be an ace. Yeah. Hey, we have so-and-so. He's going to be an ace. And then you look at it, and as the time goes on, you start seeing these national types saying, hey, you know, they have a lot of threes and fours. Threes are good. Rotation. Tyson Ross is a three. If we had three Tyson Rosses, we would be exponentially better right now. I know, but at the same time, it's like, I want to I want to draft a guy It's like, hey, this guy is a fucking ace. We have one. We have Mackenzie Gore. They drafted him. Yeah, but him. then you're even seeing people who are saying, hey, he might be more of a three. Nobody like, is saying that. Like, we have a that. lot of threes. And, nope. then, and I see, Nobody is this say- is me being super ignorant, okay? I see Weathers, and I see, all, I, I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't know this guy existed until I listened to the EVT podcast today, and they had Callis on and, uh, and Mayo. I didn't know this guy existed. That tells either. you how close I followed the draft. But I'm sitting there, I was like, oh, great, his dad pitched for, what, 19 years in the majors. 10. And, and I look at, oh, is it 10? I think so. I'm just guessing. I Super think prepped. Yeah. I, I look at him, I look at his body, <laughs> I look at his stuff and his delivery. I'm like, great, we got another number three. We but got another not, number Logan three. Logan Allen is a number three. I Joey know. Lucchese, everybody jizzes themselves over Lucchese. He's a number three. He's yeah, not, but we knew that when they drafted him. Like under, But we know that with this guy they're drafting. Just because they're not, a, you're not going to get, listen, most of the time, most of the guys drafted, even the top 30, most of them are not superstars. The majority of them are not superstars. Very rarely do you get a Bryce Harper or a Mike Trout. And even, like, would you say Steven Strasburg is a superstar? I would say he's a star. He's yeah. definitely an all-star. But I wouldn't say... Everyone knows who Strasburg is. That doesn't... But I'm talking about, like, production-wise. Like, Bryce Harper's won an MVP. He has, at least for once, he's been the best player in the league. Mike Trout's the best player in the league every year. So you've had that. Right? Like, Carlos Correa is like, okay, he's been one of the best players in the league. Strasburg's been kind of like, he's been good, but I feel like he hasn't lived up to the hype, and he's considered a star. So, in the draft, not everybody's going to be a star. If you can get a, a number three starter, is extremely valuable. That's what Tyson Ross is right now. He's our best pitcher. That's what Lucchese projects to be. That's what Logan Allen projects to be. That's what Morahone projects to be. And we get all we get our, all of our dicks hard and wet off of Morahone being a number three. It's still a really good starting pitcher. A very good starting. It's a borderline all-star pitcher. Yeah, but you know when you're looking at from fan graphs or you look at a guy like Callis and Mayo, when when they come out and they say that hey, like Libertor is the best high school arm in the draft. He's the best high school arm in the draft. And then you're looking at there, hey, who's available at seven? Libertor is available. No, we're going to go with Ryan Weathers, who's also a left-handed high school pitcher. Why? So we can go under slot. So we can maybe use that later to spend on on uh, lower picks, like maybe at the 38. Yeah. Well, why not? If you're a team that that needs to reload the system, why aren't you going for the best possible player? Isn't maybe. the best possible player? I agree with you 100%, but it's not uncommon for them to, if they think... Because the thing is, people don't understand. There's already uh, somebody. It might have been Marver on Twitter that mentioned like, "Oh, if they can't sign him, then it's a it's a dumb move." The thing is, it's common knowledge. All these teams have already talked to these players. There's already deals in play. They've these. They're not going to draft Weathers 
thinking he might not sign, and then they blow that that slot money because then they get fucked. Any money they gain from the Phil Hughes trade is completely blown out of the water. It happened with Jacob Nix, right. right? We were all excited about him, too. He's another number three. He was drafted super late. I think he was like a second or third round. I don't think they always have these handshake agreements, though. I think they do. What happened with Carson Whitson? Carson Whitson agreed and then backed out later because his dad wanted more money. But they drafted him because he had already agreed, yeah, they're going to do this money. And that worked out great. Uh, it, I mean, worked actually, out, actually, it worked no, out no, really no, well no. because as much as you know, it would have been nice to but have But still, that, I'm talking about getting yeah. him in the organization. He was never in the organization. No, of course not. What if Weathers doesn't sign? Weathers is probably going to sign. Most of the time, if you look at the track record of draft picks, especially that high, the majority of the time they sign. I mean, overwhelmingly majority of the time, they're going to sign. Because if they didn't, they would drop down. And not to mention, Weathers is going to get more money even signing under slot where they took him at seven than he was going to get anywhere else they drafted him. He's he's not he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to sign. He's going to get into the system. Now I do think he's going to sign, but there is always the yeah. what if. There is the what. There's if. the what if, it's and true. that's why I just the whole underslot thing. It just I I, I kind of get it. Like I get the strategy, but then it just reeks of Padres. You know what I mean? Like, but hey, every team does the, it. It's not like they're it's not like they're chintzing out. They're not. It doesn't reek of Matt Bush Padres, right? Because they could have that gone, was the worst. They could have gone Jared Weaver, Justin Verlander, Stephen Drew. I think those consensus. I have to go back and look, but in 04, pretty sure those were the consensus number. T- Three top guys. And then went Matt Bush because he signed for a measly $3 million, right? Right. So it's not like they're going that bad, right? They're like cutting the deal in half. They're going to give him a pretty good damn bonus. It's that they're going to allot whatever they save, whether it's five or six figures, and be able to pump that into the system later to sign a guy maybe like a Reggie Lawson or a Mason Thompson who, you know, is probably going to be pushing to go to college because they're not going to get drafted high enough. So maybe they can throw another six figures at them and, you know, get them to come over. So... I don't think it's a bad move. Every team does it. When I looked at MLB.com's uh, um, pipeline rankings of all the prospects, when you look at it grade for grade, yeah, they talk Libertori up, and I'd have to imagine because he's got a, a longer, leaner frame, he's taller, he probably will fill out a little bit more athletically than Weathers, who's already kind of thick. Uh-huh. Like, I could see, I don't know if you've seen uh, Luis, I think it's Gohara from the Braves, their lefty. That's a thick old boy. Like, he right. has like a CC Sabathia body. I can see that out of Weathers. Um, as he matures and you know puts on more weight and fills out, so I think that's why is maybe that Libertor has more of an athletic upside. But fastball grades, off-speed, breaking ball grades, overall grades—they're all 55. That's what Weathers is ranked at. So even though I think Libertor is the best player easily, I don't think the gap between the two is as great as saying, "Oh, the Padres just went cheap here." I think they're going to pay him a pretty decent bonus, but they're going to pump that money later on for whatever players that may fall. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's so bad, and it's hard to get excited because these players don't really have any like noticeable track records. And there's nothing that really stands out. Like, like all the all that we've really seen on these guys is whatever these guys from yeah. MLB Network tell us, yeah. and maybe a few YouTube clips. Yeah, like with uh, with Weathers, like he throws, he sits 90 to 93. He can touch 95. He's supposed to got a really good breaking ball. He's very polished. He looks like you know he's going to be you know a, a front of the or not front of the line, but a front half starter, which is at worst a number three. But if your floor, you know, assuming health, is a number three when you're drafted, that's still pretty good. It might not be Mackenzie Gore. But it's still pretty good. So I agree it's hard to get excited for the draft, but I don't think they made a bad pick. I'm just interested. To see, I want to see how the whole thing goes first before we start jumping off the uh, bridge there about the draft like we did in 2016. Well, I did it in 2016. but like Thanks, Kevin Klein. So what what I wanted to ask you is in regards, because I know, I know you and I have always said best player available. I, but when you look at the Padres and you look at their system and the arms that they have, personally, me, and I'm not, I'm, I would never claim to be a college or a scout no uh, a scout or a draft professional like one of those insiders but 
for me personally, I was kind of hoping that they'd take a bat. I was hoping Bomb would fall because there were talks about him getting passed up enough to get there and that the Padres really liked him. Yeah. But he didn't. And I think it's hard because here's the thing. College bats, especially a guy like Bomb who's really polished, like this guy's a major league hitter. He's pro- Keith Law had his chat today, uh, his draft theme chat, and saying like a lot of these college bats are maybe at most two years away. So if you're drafting top 10, those are always the guys that are going to go first. Right. You're going to get prep arms that have you know good floors and high upside. Um, like a like a Quantrill, right? Quantrill had a good floor. He has high upside, um, and he could be major league ready within two to three years of being drafted. Um, and especially especially bats, corner power bats. That's what Bomb is. He's basically a first or third baseman type. Maybe you can stick him in left field, but he's a corner power bat. He's going to go probably top five in most drafts, unless there's like just slam dunk. It's just a star studded draft. So true. I was hoping that he would drop, but I'm not surprised that he didn't. I would rather them go for upside. I will say I'll go on record and saying. I liked Lubator. That was a guy. I had written it down in the notes. Like I already had his. I, was, I had written his name down. I was just waiting for them to select him so I can plug in, you know, the ratings and stuff. I think I'm more pissed about it because I w- was scrolling through his old tweets and I had a tweet locked and loaded, and I was just waiting for them to announce it so I can hit send on my tweet. Yeah. Um. And then they went ahead and said Ryan Weather, so it screwed it up. So yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot for that, Padres. But you know, I guess at the end of the day, yeah, it's, you take best player available. At the end of the day, I mean, we. We can Maybe they here. know something about Libertor that we don't. Remember, that's what I'm. You yeah. know, the scouts and whatnot, like Callis and you know MLB.com, Fangraphs, ESPN, they don't have access to these players' medicals. Only the teams get them, I think, right before the draft. So maybe there's something about Libertor they don't like. Preller was out there. Um, somebody mentioned on Twitter that Logan White lives in Arizona. Yeah, so that was he, Mad Friars. No, I'm Mad assuming Conniff. Yeah, and we're assume. gonna have Conniff on here at the we'll end. We'll confirm of the show. that later. But yeah, we'll remove that anonymity. But yeah, he, you know, Logan White probably saw a ton of them. We know, you know. Preller was seen uh, firsthand scouting Libertor. So maybe there's something about Weathers that they like that they didn't like about Libertor. Or maybe Libertor was going to be a bit more of a difficult sign, so they figure they can sign Weathers. It's still a very good prep high school arm. I mean, he's got upside. If you read the report on MLB.com and Fangraphs, there's a lot to like. He's just not maybe the best guy available, but who knows? They still took a pretty good player. So what I want to tie together here is uh, our pal Lord Gringo on Twitter. Uh, David, <laughs> when are we going to change our names to Lords? Never. Uh, so David Dodd, you may know him from the reader. Um, he posted on there on Twitter uh, to Ben and Woods. He said, you can't rattle off a few pitching prospects and call the farm system stocked. Um, so then he says that you need about 12 legit pitching prospects. Five of them will need Tommy John surgery before a call-up. That's baseball these days. So then our pal, Black. Yeah, our pal uh, Marcus. So I want to read this tweet off. So he says, uh, rookies. He breaks it down basically by rookies, by each level, and he rattles off a shit ton of arms. So uh, Lucchese, Lauer, Quantrill, uh, Nix, Allen, Baez, Morahone, Paddock, Lawson, uh, Pedro Avila. You have Mackenzie Gore, Mason Thompson, Luis Patino, Osvaldo Hernandez, Nick Marjvicius, Anderson Espinosa on the DL. You have Lamette. Uh, you have Perdomo. Like, do we not have enough arms? That's 18 arms he just named. Do you not? Plus, have... ni- now you have 19 because Weathers just got in there. I know that. Like, that's my point. So, what I think they're what I think they're going to end up doing, and this is what uh, I was talking with Craig Meddy through DMs, and this is what he had said a while ago: is even if they take a college arm, they could probably take some of these like lower tier on those like a names Patino I just. Guy. Yeah, and those names I just rattled off and trade them for a bat. Like, I feel like we need more bats in our system. We have plenty of pitching. I think it works itself out. The Braves, I feel like, were the same way. They had, like, a ton of position players, but not enough place to, places to play them. This is, and I've been, we've been saying this since we started this podcast last year. The idea is you don't draft for need. You don't trade for need. You take the best package available. The Padres didn't need any more outfielders when they traded Solarte. 
right? Like, they didn't need another outfielder. But they liked no. Oliveras' tools, and they figured, you know what? He's the best player we're going to get for this guy, so we'll take him. And the rest will figure itself out. Maybe some guy falls off. Maybe somebody gets injured or whatnot. Whatever. You take the best player you can get, whether it's in trade, whether you're signing, whatever, drafting, and you let it work itself out. Really, the more they stockpile, whether it's position players or pitchers, the more they stockpile, the more currency they have to flip when they need something. So I think you're right. They could very well flip uh, prospect capital for an established player. I'm trying to think of a pitcher that you know could fit that role. Maybe a Steven Strasburg fits. You know, a couple of years when the Nationals need to rebuild or do something, They're like we got to unload this money. Like we have too much money on this. We'll flip Strasburg. Now the pot is all of a sudden. Like, hey, we've got two or three guys we think you'd really like, and we'll eat that contract. That's the whole point of it. It's what the Astros have done. It's what the Cubs have done. You stock the system so you can flip those guys and get better players to help now instead of later. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe maybe I'm so pessimistic in regards to the draft because you no well because the other day right so I'm at the game with uh, with my buddy the other day uh, last week what fucking day was it Tuesday maybe Wednesday um, I'm sitting there at the game you go to so many I know I'm sitting are you credentialed no not oh. MLB credentialed oh. not yet um, but <laughs> I'm sitting there and. Yeah, every time AJ and I are at the game and we see Spangenberg come up, we always say, oh, hey, here comes the best Juco hitter in the draft. Because <laughs> that's what they're saying about him. And we're, we're talking shit about him. I'm like, you know what? The draft is next week. Let me go depress myself and look at the year that Spangenberg was drafted. Well, the two picks before him, you have, I don't remember the exact order, but you have uh, Lindor. Baez and Lindor. Baez Which and I don't Lindor. know why people Just point listen. out. listen. You have Baez and Lindor, and then you have Spangenberg, and then you have George Springer. So I'm looking at them I'm like, oh boy, how did we fuck up this time? So I'm like, the maybe the pick before Weathers is is gonna be great. Maybe the pick right after maybe Kyler Murray is a superstar. And guess what? We were hoping that he would fall to thirty eight, but he didn't because the A's took him at number nine. So yeah. maybe I'm just looking at this and I just I'm like, Oh man, well, we're gonna get fucked. And if it's it just makes a you feel better, thirty one teams passed on Mike Trout, so I get that, but it's at the end of the day, I guess you just gotta trust the um you have to trust I, the process. It, I know, but it sounds stupid saying, hey, we have to trust the team and what they do about scouting and drafting when they haven't been good at it. I know old regimes, blah, blah, blah. But I'm a Padre fan, so it's in my blood to say, hey, they're going to no, fuck this draft No, it's not in your blood. Up. It you, is. You're choosing to say that. Preller, if, if, if there's anything this organization has done to this point, it's showing that they can at least build not just a competent farm system, but an incredibly deep farm system. The one knock that Hoyer got is that he drafted a lot of good players but they didn't have the upside that these guys had. Like, name one superstar Hoyer drafted. None. He, none of those guys looked like... Off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I'm sure after he posts this, best player, someone's going to tweet at us, the, hey, asshole, they, he drafted Phil Well, he Mike. was only here for two years. The right. best player they drafted prior to Perel's regime was Trey Turner. Yeah. That was the by far the best player. And even when they took Turner, there were questions on Turner. Was, number one... Was he going to be able to stay at shortstop, or is he going to have to move to center? Because there were questions. They had about, questions about his bat too. They had questions about his glove and that. Not that he didn't have the footwork or the arm, but was it going to be you know in terms of like fielding ground balls, right? Like is he going to have the the hands to field ground balls and stay at shortstop, premium right. position, or is he going to have to move to center, which will devalue him a little bit? And also more, even more importantly, is he going to have the bat? Is he going to have the bats? Is he going to have the bat strength, like the the enough power to make it at the major league level? Obviously, the Padres did a good job in fixing him the minute they got him. He started developing very quickly, then they flipped him. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't change the fact. That's the best player they drafted before Preller got here. All of their prospects right now, as it stands, like the top ones that, that he's acquired, are just as good in terms of ranking as Turner was when they got him. Like Preller has taken, like, okay, we got a Trey Turner. He's acquired five or six Trey Turners. I mean, you've got, you know, I mean, Urias, I guess, is the previous regime's you know signing. 
Um, but the, you look at like Tatis. Yeah, he wasn't assigned, but that guy's a first round talent. Tatis goes in the draft last year. He's an easy first round talent. Right. Easy. Top 10. Easy. Top five. He might have been number one overall. True. So, you know, but there's, the, there's, he's in the system right now. Morahone's probably close to a first round talent. He signed that guy. Um, you look at like Logan Allen, another guy he traded for. There's another guy who'd probably go high in the draft if he was coming out of college, which roughly he'd be eligible for. So I look at it and say, yeah, you know, the Padres historically have sucked, but I'm not going to blame it on this regime and not give these guys a chance because the system they've built is much better now than it was when Preller got here in 2014. Much, much better. Yeah, like I mean, he traded more. all those guys and, it, and he rebuilt it within two years with a much deeper pipeline of talent where, you know, Fangraphs is saying, this, t- this team is so deep in players that even if they had suffered normal average attrition, they're still going to be good because they have so much depth. Tearsaw Ornelas is going to be a top 100 prospect. They literally just fucking signed him a year and a half ago. And he's already going to be a top 100 prospect. Already. And he's down in like low A. He's barely playing affiliated ball just now. Yeah. So it just goes to show how strong that system is. He'd probably be a top 10 in a lot of other systems. I mean, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out through the rest of the draft. I mean, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, whose word are we going to take? The guys who are, you know, paid by the Padres or some schmuck that's doing a half-assed uh, prepared podcast. So, sure. I mean, we'll we'll see how it all shakes I'll, out. I'll but, take Loggenhagen's word for it. Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, Loggenhagen said that this is a pure underslot move. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I don't. I have no doubt. And I don't think it's a, oh, they're being cheap, Matt Bush. It's just they're going to allocate the money elsewhere. But... Um, we'll see. I speaking mean, of, yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, we'll see. And I guess the thing also that makes me pessimistic is I've been getting mad lately when I hear people saying, well, I mean, hey, is it really 2019 or 2020? Or is it more 21, 22, or 23? But in, in the thing Could is... Could be next year. Depends well, on how the pitching progresses. Think about it. They just drafted Weathers, so he's 18, right? Yeah. Um, he, what, he goes to uh, short season ball this year or wherever the hell they go, fall ball. Fall ball. Whatever the Rookie. hell. Um, then next year he's going to be on pitch count because you know he will be because the Padres drafted him. So they're going to be watching his innings closely. That's maybe, every team. For maybe God he gets sakes. all all year in Fort Wayne, and then maybe the next year he's at Elsinore. So we probably won't see him until 21 or 22, and then he's a rookie. So then he's got to take his lump. So then he's not good until 2023 20, or 2024. 20, so I feel like the window just keeps getting pushed back further and further. Yeah, and that's but, when I get pissed. But dude. the thing is, is that Ryan Weathers is not. Austin Smith, right? He's not like, okay, this is the first, this is our first draft, this is the first piece we're going to take towards our rebuild, yeah. right? Like, he's not. He's like the 100th pick. They have other guys. Like, worst case, Quantrill's of three or four. Guys, that's Lucchese. Like, if we had more Lucchese performance and Tyson Ross performance, we'd actually be probably close to 500 if we had two more of those guys. Yeah. You know, Lauer has looked a lot better as of late. He's starting to get through his starts pretty good. Lamette looks like he's a number three. People were, I mean, Craig Meddy went on there and said, oh, this ruins a rebuild. Lamette's a three. He doesn't have the command and doesn't go deep enough into innings to be a one or two. Libertor just got taken 16 by the Rays, by the way. Wow. Yeah, so oh, he, he fell, fell a lot. 16, so. Fell a lot. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to him. Yeah. I hope he blows out. <laughs> I'm just playing, of course. You know, I guess the thing is, is that, yeah, there are so many names in the system right now that if if Weathers doesn't work out, then you still have plenty to fall back on. So. Who knows? I mean, they could always flip Weathers. Maybe they need yeah. a piece, and somebody's sure. like, hey, Weathers is Major League ready. Yeah. So I don't think the window's moving back because they have a lot that's – 
we're gonna have Urias and Tatis and probably a calendar year. And I've always I've uh. said before, like with the the Tatises and the Bichettes and the Guerrero Juniors, hey, I want the Padres to do nothing but get get guys whose fathers have played in the majors, and this is what happened. So I got my fucking wish. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what you get. And Quantrill too. True. And so yeah, those those three guys can be all buddies. But I don't think the I I don't think the window is 2019 for. Like playoff baseball, I think 2019, 2020 is going to be more competitive. Like they're probably going to be maybe 75 to 80 or more wins, maybe you know 78 to 85, 82 wins, and then 2021 is when you know all these young guys that have already been in the leagues for a couple of years, and hopefully we'll, they'll all start hitting their stride. I feel like this year is our last year, our last hope to get a top five pick. Probably, I think this is our last hope. Probably. Um, speaking of uh, number one overall picks, Hunter Renfro. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. You ruined my segue, you son of a bitch. Go ahead. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you typing so vehemently? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Anyways, speaking of number one overall picks, Hunter Renfro, through 23 games, has been on an absolute tear, Eric. Yes, he has. Absolutely. He has been uh, great. Um, he has. Uh, we talked about him before, before he got hurt, that it looked like he was making adjustments. He just wasn't, like, he hadn't played enough, and he was sitting a lot, but... Uh, 23 game sample size. It's one month worth of ball, but he's hitting 266. He's got a 342 on base. Um, he's slugging 531 per Baseball Reference. He is 41 percent above league average. This is what I really wanted to touch on with him because um, we've mentioned and we've been told uh, by. Uh, oh, I thought you were turning something on. We've uh, been told by people who are in the know that he was specifically sat down by Andrew Green and said, "You're going to AAA to work on drawing walks and getting into better hitters counts." So what he's done this year, and we touched on it. Um, earlier is that he is drawing more walks, so he's up almost three percent on his walk rate from about five to eight percent this year. Uh-huh. His strikeout rate has actually dropped down um, to twenty-four point. Go ahead. Seven percent. What the hell are you Just doing? Just keep going. Is that a bird call? Just keep going. Twenty-four point seven percent, which is almost five percent lower than last year. What are you doing? I'm an asshole. I'll tell you after we're done. Go oh ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Must be like hunting season or something. Go I don't ahead. Know. Anyways. He's playing very well in the short time he's been given, and since Myers is out, I think you and I agree, he and Reyes should be in the outfield every day in the corners. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, what's going on with Cordero? Like, when the hell is he coming back? What was he injured with again? Mm, I don't know. We should probably pet, prep better. Um, no, the thing is, and what I was thinking, if you notice, um, our guy on Twitter, at uh, Too Much Morton, he's yes. a really good follow, one of my favorites, actually. Yes. Um, did you see the side-by-side? Indeed I did. I think I liked it. I really liked it. That was great. That was MLB Network-level analysis right there. Yeah, really good. Putting that together. Oh, Very yeah. Good. He's, he's one of the best on, on Padres Twitter. So he... He posts a side-by-side of Hunter Renfro and his swing. I mean, he's changed his mechanics, and it seems to be paying off for him so far. But, I mean, when I look at Renfro, and yesterday I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I really like Reyes, um, and I've kind of written Renfro off a little bit. I think we all have. Renfro or Reyes is, what, five years younger than Renfro is? Yeah, I think he's 22 or 23. Which tells me, I mean, at this point... At this point, you can play them both every day because the guys who are hurt are Myers hurt. isn't coming back until probably the July. break. Yeah, he's coming back really, in July. Really, he might come back after the All Star break. You yeah. have another month and a half until he. Yeah. Gets here. So I mean, at this point in time, you could play Renfro and Reyes every day, which could be a train wreck. But at the end of the day, who cares? But if it comes down to it, where Cordero comes back and he's going to be playing every day, I think you got to put Reyes back down to AAA. Uh, Reyes is, by the way, six years younger than Renfro. He's six twenty years. right now. Renfro's okay. twenty six. So. Uh, if if you know at that when that time comes when one of them comes back, I think you gotta put Reyes down AAA, dude, because you gotta see what Renfro has. I agree you with you because I don't think you have to have Reyes up here at 20 years old. No, and I think I mean really in all reality, you know, 
I think you need to play him every day. I put on there, I know it's a small sample size, but I put on there that, you know, Jankowski over since like May 21st has been absolutely god-awful, and Margot hasn't been. And I didn't put that out there to prove a point, like, oh, Margot's better. It's just, it shows you the variance and that you can't just jump on these small sample sizes. And then in all reality, you know, Jankowski probably was never going to be as good as he was for those couple of weeks, and Margot's never going to be as bad as he was for that month or so. Right. But to me, you got to put the guys out there who are a part of the future. Jankowski is a nice backup outfielder. He's a fourth outfielder. Fourth to fifth outfielder, depending. And he's, the only reason he's going to continue to get shots is because he plays center field. It's like with Galvis. Galvis, if he couldn't play shortstop, would be DFA in a heartbeat. He's basically Chase Darno, but he's really good defensively, so right. he gets shots. So, to me, it's the same thing with Renfro and Reyes. Like, you have the opportunity to play these guys. Yeah, if it's between those three guys, I'm going with Reyes and, and uh, Cordero, if I had to pick between those three, and Renfro's the odd man out. Um, because I think those those other guys are obviously younger, and I think. But you have to at least see exactly. And and right now, you know, it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise because yeah, it sucks that Myers is hurt, but and it sucks that Cordero is hurt. But you know, those guys are your guys, yeah. so you got to figure out what you've got between Reyes and Renfro. Because if you can mark a Renfro, there might be a team if he keeps this up through July that might say, you know what, if we don't have to give up a lot, we only have to give up a 19, 20 year old starting pitcher in freaking low A to get this guy, maybe to add him to a lineup, a controllable young hitter and maybe he's a platoon guy, you have to run him out there to do that. Because I think a team will pick up on Renfro. I think the potential is there. He doesn't have to be in a walks machine. He can be 7 8% and be fine because his power will leave him as a – he almost slugged 500 last year. Dude, he can be like a 35 home run guy. Yeah, I'm Renfro. not even looking at that. I mean, I believe that. But I'm not even which counting. Would, which would yeah. then, in turn, he would be at least 500 slugging, I think, you think. He almost had a 500 slugging last year, and he had like a 280, 290 on base. Mm-hmm. So if he works his walk rate to league average, which is around 7 8%, I believe, you know, that's a 310, 315 slugging percentage. They could get something for him, especially because he's young, even if he's just a platoon player. So What if he plays his way into being a piece for the future, though? I'd take that, dude. He's 26. That's true. The problem is is that you have to pick between him and Cordero. I don't think Reyes is part of the future at all. I think the reason they brought him up was to showcase him. Mm-hmm. But you have to be. But you have to pick between one of those three guys because the reality is Myers isn't going anywhere. The only guy they'll be able to trade is Hosmer. If Hosmer keeps hitting... You know, and a team says, hey, you know, we need a first baseman. Maybe we'll just take the money, or maybe the Potters will eat some of the money, or we can, you know, we'll tell Hosmer to opt out and we'll buy out his last three years at a better clip. Like, Hosmer's really the only guy that's marketable as a trade. And even then, he's limited because he's a first baseman. They're not going to deal Myers. Myers isn't healthy. They can't deal Myers. They can't. They would have to hope to God that they run him through waivers and a team claims him and they just say, we're done with it. And they just dump, and they just dump him, which right. they're not going to do. So, and I don't think a team would claim him anyways. So they have to get rid of two of the three. Either that or they're going to be a platoon. So really, if I'm looking at it, thinking Franchi's probably going to be a platoon player. A pretty good chance. So who do I want, Reyes or Renfro? But you got to let them play every day to choose. Because whoever has the most trade value when the time comes, if a team comes a-knocking and they need a corner outfield bat, that's the guy I'm moving. Which is why I get so pissed, dude, when you see Perella moving from second base so that Spangenberg can get a start out to left field. I don't get it. Like, Perella has turned into the guy where I can't wait for him to get off the team just so I don't have to see him anymore. He is my least favorite player. Yeah, because me, you, and Marver. Yeah. Dude, he doesn't have a home run yet. And he keeps getting slotted into the three-hole. It drives me insane. I don't care. Absolutely it. insane. I mean, I get it because reality is the Padres suck, and he's one of their best hitters. He has a 679 OPS. It's sad that that's you know, where it's at. But he's got a 325 on base, so he's not awful. He's, just not, he's actually terrible. But he's not... <laughs> He's not 
He's got one win per baseball reference above replacement. So he's not like he's not killing them, right? Like he's is, not for, is he good enough for him to say, okay, hey, he's our second baseman, but no, we you, need to put him in left today. So you want my hot take? You want my hot take? What? I'd fucking start Spangenberg over him every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Might as well. Because I think Spangenberg, if he's given everyday playing time, could be just as good. And he definitely has more pop. Because he hits the damn ball in the air, which I also wanted to touch on. We looked that I looked that up about the Potters' ground ball rates. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you agree with it. Do you think, just based on that little tidbit I put on Twitter the other day, that they have like this organizational philosophy of hitting the damn ball on the ground? Because they went from eighth lowest to like highest in a matter of a year. That would be a pretty poor approach to take. It would it? be. And to instill into your hitters to hey hit the ball on the ground. Maybe they did it to appease Hosmer. Hey, we <laughs> we can all hit the ball on the ground. Yeah, Eric. that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. That was your take. It's I, okay. I, it's okay to hit the ball on the ground, Eric. Just come in. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it, but uh, no, I, I mean, Perella needs to sit. I'd rather play Spangenberg every day. He brings more to the table. I think he's a better base runner. He has more pop. I think he's a better player overall. If they just play the damn guy. Um, Spangenberg's the kind of guy I see that we trade, and he turns into like uh, Logan Forsythe for like a couple of years. And then we look like a bunch of morons for not giving him an everyday shot. Yeah, exactly. So. And there's some questions on uh, Padres, the Padre Twitter segment there that kind of kind of tied that in a little bit in regards to like who's going to be coming up to be the uh, like you know we trade them and they come back and just kick the dog shit out of us. Well, so. we got an answer already, so we'll go over that. Um, the other thing I want to get into here is the uh, you'd mentioned that the Padres being only five games back of the NL West lead. Eric, what do you think? What do you mean, what do I think? What do you think? Do you think the Padres are in? Do they have a legitimate shot? Absolutely we- not. No, no, no shot. But this could be a year. It could very well be a year, depending on how the, the Dodger players come back from their injuries, that 82-80 and 80 wins a division. Yeah. It could very well be. The Diamondbacks are doing pretty well, and so are the Rockies. They're both above 500. But I, I mean, it Rockies says something when you're five and a half games out, yet you still have a top ten pick if yeah. the draft were to be tomorrow. Or well, you know what I mean. Yeah, but no, I know what you mean. It's for for all the people and all the people on the the media and on Twitter who are buying into the hey, we're only five and a half out. Stop. Let me put this out there. Just stop. The Dodgers have been incredibly unlucky. Not only with injuries, they've outscored their opponents. Based on run differential, they should be thirty three and twenty six. They're just not because sometimes that happens. But um, the Dodgers are going to turn it around. I believe, even without Kershaw, they're too damn good with too much depth. To not turn it around. So they're not going to be floating around right above us at, in fourth place the rest of the season. The Giants are pretty bad. They're overperforming. Um, the Rockies are about right, and the Diamondbacks are about right. Uh, even the Rockies might be overperforming a little bit. But there's no way in hell that the Potters are going to be five games back when the damn trade deadline rolls around. No. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. The other thing we have to understand here is that they've been playing some pretty crap teams. They played the Reds and the Marlins. I mean that's about as easy as it's going to get. Yeah. So true. they're going to be, you know, they're going to be artificially inflated from a standpoint of looking like they're closer than they are. You know, when the Dodgers are, I don't know the Dodgers lost to the Marlins, but you know they've been injured. They're getting underperformance. Like uh, Bellinger is not having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously lost their shortstop, which is brutal. Turner was gone for a while, um, so they, you know, they've they've been they've been battling and scuffling. They lost their best player in Kershaw, so. Um, the Dodgers will turn it around when the deadline when the deadline rolls around. The Potters are not going to be five games back. This whole oh we're only, we're in it we're in it it's it's going to look dumb. Yeah. They're under five hundred. It's really dumb. I mean, <laughs> for anyone that 
ever thought coming into this season that we'd be anywhere close. Come on, dude. Like, look at the pitching staff, man. That's yeah. the only thing that you have to look at. We have the only, the only, I mean, you have uh, Lucchese who's down now. The only viable piece is Ross. I think Lauer's pretty in. solid. I mean, I he's think, hit or miss, dude, because sometimes yeah. he'll get just racked. Yeah, sometimes. And other times he'll stick around. But uh, Richard also the same way. So he'll have a quality start, and then he'll have three just dumpster fire starts. Yeah. So. I agree with you. Yeah, there's, there's no way. That they're going to be in it. And, I mean, really, I know Preller said in an interview yesterday, you know, prior to the draft, oh, you know, we hope that this is kind of the last time, you know, we pick in the top ten. But I think reality is they're probably going to have a top five, top ten pick. It's not unrealistic. I think uh, come the trade deadline, and we'll touch on this because it was a pretty good t- Twitter question from mm-hmm. one of our buddies, uh, but they need to be in sell and sell hard mode. Yeah, we'll save that one for last. So with the Padre Twitter segment, you guys came through again. We are so in touch with Padre's Twitter. You know, oh, I love this. This is my favorite part of the show yeah so we're, over we're so in touch with Padres Twitter because a lot of the questions were actually had to do with things that we had already planned on talking about today yeah so that's how in touch we are pod- we love you Padres Twitter um, uh, Carlos R to the fact he said are you a believer in the new Renfro or do you think he's just been lucky a few games also would you rather see him or Fran in the outfield right now that's exactly yeah. what we just said we're so in touch can with we have Twitter. both for now yeah why not both why not both until you know until Cordero comes back then we'll see but like I said at that point in time Move Reyes down. Yeah, I let, agree. Let him you. let him tear up AAA a little bit more. Because yeah. what's Renfro going to do in the PCL that Nothing. he hasn't already done? Renfro's 26. I mean, he's got – Reyes is 20. It's not like you have to rush Reyes. Um, the question I wanted to get to is uh, at – We'll do oh. that the last one because oh. that's the best question that we have. Oh, you like that one? Unless you're talking about the H.J. Preller question. At H.J. Preller, how will Padres Twitter recover from mobile party DJ Wayne killing the Sweeney Says account? Oh, so man. So you want to go out and uh, – it was me. Yeah. <laughs> it was me the whole time. It was me. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. I didn't even know. Actually, it was uh, notified by uh, by uh, our buddies here at Madfar. He's like, hey, uh, you know this account's been suspended. I'm like, no, I posted last night. Yeah. And then I go in there and it's like, your account's been suspended. I honest to God thought about doing a couple things. I thought about appealing. And then I thought about coming up with the site where I just put it on there and said that it's a parody. Because clearly that wasn't obvious. It was so good. Called Mark Sweeney. <laughs> people were falling for it, dude. And that was the best. That Whenever was the people, best when they took the piss. Dude, when people would retweet <laughs> and be like, oh my God, Sweeney's such the a The run idiot. differential. Let me pull the run differential one up because that was the best one. When you would sit there and screenshot that shit and then send it to me, we would laugh our asses off, dude. Danny the, and I were texting all the time. I would send him, Sweeney says, to put up there and dude, that was a lot of The best is that you didn't know oh, I didn't that know. it was me. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know. And then you ended up telling me like a few days after the fact and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That was the best. Where's I, that I didn't one? think. I didn't think you were that creative, but yeah. Let me see. I had one where some guy is telling. It's basically like, oh, analytics don't tell you, and run differential, they don't tell you about outscoring the other team, you know, winning ball games. And some guys like, of course it doesn't. It's common fucking sense. <laughs> so, uh, so Padres Twitter, let us know. Do you want Danny to try to revive the account? Do you want him to make I, another? I feel like now that the cat's out of the bag, uh, it, it doesn't have I the think, same. Personally, I think you should just let it die. Yeah, I, had a good I, run. I've thought about it now that the anonymity's out there. You know, it's gone. You know, I can't hide behind, uh, you know, the uh, deer in the headlights '98 Sweeney uh, profile <laughs> pic anymore. I want to say thank you to everybody for uh, for almost matching the amount of followers I had within a month. <laughs> you got way more action on any Sweeney says tweet than you got yeah. on your own. Page. Now let's see if HJ is right because we actually DM'd him um, and we 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 outed me and said, Psst, "Danny Sweeney says." <laughs> so. Um, let's see if I get all that Twitter tail. But it's been a hell of a, <laughs> it has been a hell of a run. 
You um, don't. Hey, you don't listen. But they yeah. tried setting you up on the Hell's Bells podcast. Oh yeah. 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 We'll see. Maybe I'll play it for you afterwards. Yeah, we'll see. They already have a date for you and everything. Oh, that'll be good. At, I have to screen these photos. Padre. None of these. Uh, none of these uh, MySpace uh, high angle shot photos either. <laughs> You better give me a full body mirror. Uh, we're not we're not playing ball. But Danny's very picky. Yeah, not picky. I just have standards. Beggars can't. Be I'm a lot of things, guy. but desperate isn't one of them. Oh, uh-huh. speaking of which, should I tell him what happened to my credit card? Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so very and, believable, by in, the way. In, in the most in the highest of ironic moments, my my debit card for some reason I knew I had money on the account and it wouldn't go through. And I'm like, I know I'm broke single dad, but there's money on the account. I'm looking right at it. I got declined at the damn 99 cent store, <laughs> which is the most, I went over there just to like, you know what? I'm going to go get a snack for my daughter before I pick her up. I want to surprise her with a little lollipop and you know, something. And I sit there and go, okay, here we go. I had some chicharrones there and I was ready to go, right? Okay, I have $4. All right, let me swipe my card. Oh, I got declined. What? <laughs> what? I pulled the account up. I'm like, there's money on this card. I paid cash, thank God. But you know how embarrassing that is? So I called my bank. This is over the damn Memorial Day weekend, so I had no access to anybody. Right. So I finally call them. I get a hold of them, too. So I'm like, look, my card's declining. There's money on the card. I'm assuming there's fraud. What's going on? Well, there was some website called this that tried to debit you for $5. And then there's two separate escort services trying to debit you for $40 each. And I said, I swear to God... Verbatim, I tell the lady, I am single and I am desperate, but I'm not that desperate. So, <laughs> you could have just put that in later. Damn prices, right, Philhorn? <laughs> so yeah, in all irony, yeah. Your card got to climb the 99 cent store. Oh man, that's right. That's super. It's, it's sad. It's like it's not like I didn't have the money. That's the worst part. It's like that guy's probably like this lying bastard. He can't even afford it. This loser over here in this nice. Great value pit bull cosplay. <laughs> he can't even afford fucking 99 cent pork rinds. Uh, oh, God. Wait, so your daughter loves pork rinds? Oh, Mia? Yeah, man. Does she, she loves, really? Yeah, I swear oh, to God. That's sad. Yeah, it's awesome. God, it's awesome. Dude. She doesn't like spicy food, but she eats like the buffalo ones. I, I don't know. She's a weird little girl. Cameron Jose, at Real Cameron Jose. He wants to know, um, anyone else tired of the, quote, Ballsley turns chicken shit into chicken salad narrative? Fuck no. Why he would you says, be tired of it? for every successful reclamation project uh, like Ross, there's a Mitchell, a Weaver, a future friend of the pod, Phil Hughes I don't looks likely like, to join the latter group, too. So I, what do you think of that? I don't feel like Weaver and Hughes are reclamation projects. I think those are like, let's try to squeeze blood out of a stone and see if there's <laughs> any last drop of life. Right. Um, the reality is, every team does reclamation projects. They don't always pan out. You know, Some of them do, and sometimes they pan out really, really well. So I don't mind that at all. I mean, he has a track record of taking guys. Kirby Yates is one. Kirby Yates and Brad Hand. Those guys are scrappy pickups. Kirby Yates was DFA'd by the Angels last year. Oh, yeah. And he's our second-best reliever. Yeah. So... To me, it's like, whatever. Um, Lamette technically could be considered a reclamation because they told him, like, just throw your slider more often. So, honestly, I never get tired of it. I never get tired of the Padres extracting value from guys who are otherwise deemed unvaluable. Pomeranz is a prime example. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, prime example. We got him for Alonzo, which, you know, if Pomeranz didn't pan out, that would have looked like an awful trade because Alonzo finally went off. But then we got, you know, Espinoza, and say what you want about him. He's still a top prospect in the system. Yeah. Just get you know, As Paddock is showing, Tommy John is not a death knell. You come back and... What about two of them, though? Who's that two of them? I'm just messing. Oh, don't. Because you know he's going to have a another. fucking heart attack. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think it's messing. fine. I think it's a good track record to have, and it extracts value. If Tyson Ross can, can be traded at the deadline or sooner, the team wants to overpay for him. Um, absolutely. That's yeah, great. I'll never get tired Jordan of Jordan Lyles, too. Jordan Lyles looks like he might be turning it around. Maybe I've not great, always but. been a big uh, Darren Balsley fan. Dude, Greg Maddox came in and said he's the best pitching coach he's ever thrown. In his Hall of Fame and speech, he said in that. In his Hall of Fame speech, yeah. So I'll never get tired of that narrative. I hope Balsley is around for a long time. Like, I, I don't want him to go anywhere. I mean, dude, it, 
it's quite clear he doesn't want a managerial position because he's still here. For some reason, he loves being here. So, And he's good friends with Jake Peavy, so I hope yeah. Peavy comes to town too. So, so Yeah, so we mentioned Ross. So I want to get to uh, Luke from South Bay at Luke Kelly, our good old boys down the 805 there. Fuck that guy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Actually, uh, <laughs> we like Luke. We also like his friend Mr. Rogers. Shout out to Mr. Rogers and his uh, bionic knee. Yeah. But, uh, Dude, they're so South Bay. Sorry to get off Sorry to get off topic. So uh, their buddy Tyler, uh, at T-Time619, he just followed me on Snapchat. Uh, follow me on Snapchat, by the way, EJL424. It's a great follow, guys. Follow me on Snapchat. So um, Tyler started following me on Snapchat, so I followed him back. And uh, the first thing that I see is he's it's at nighttime, it's a big party, and they're all smashing a pinata. I was like, you guys are South Bay as fuck. I was like, we get it. You're South Bay. You're hitting a fucking pinata. Um, but, yeah, those guys are a trip, dude. But um, what you? What was Luke's tweet? So Luke says, in all seriousness, not buying it, but at what point does the thought actually creep in your mind while creating reluctance? To ship off hand rots, etc. Do we ever reach that point or come close to it? So I should say, are we ever reluctant to a point to trade hand Ross or like Yates? What's your answer on that? I already know my answer. What's yours? I don't think they're reluctant to trade anyone. But it's, do you? I think he's asking like, at what point do we, be, as fans, oh, as become fans. reluctant to to ship them off? Oh, dude. I mean, we're gonna agree on this. I'm not reluctant to trade away anyone. Neither am I. I would trade anyone and everyone at this point. Like, I'm trying to think of Agreed. who's off. Who's off limits? Like when On the it comes current MLB roster? No one's off limits. I probably wouldn't trade, like, Cordero. I, I would trade Cordero. I don't care. Depends on what they get. Depends on what they get. I wouldn't trade anybody that I could see being a viable everyday player in two years, which well, to me is like Margot, Cordero. I'd ship Hedges off. Oh, yeah. In, in a heartbeat. fucking heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I would ship him off. I'd actually see if what the Marlins want for Real Muto is see if you get up a couple of low-level guys. Thanks, Dave Pallet. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know... Well, maybe I should pump the brakes because I wouldn't be stoked if they traded Cordero. I wouldn't be stoked if they traded Margot. Neither would I. Um, Basically, it depends on the return. Yeah. It yeah. depends on the return, honestly. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not attached to any of these guys. So neither am I. I'm, I'm, I like I like seeing Preller get creative. I do too. I should say I do too. Here's the thing. We picked up Brad Hand and Tyson Roth off the scrap. We basically plucked Tyson Ross from the ICU. <laughs> I mean, he was basically on his deathbed when we signed him. Brad Hand was a failed starter that we got off waivers. Kirby Hand or Kirby Yates, excuse me, failed reliever who'd been DFA a couple of times probably. Um, honestly, Victor. honestly, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be pissed if they traded Villanueva midseason. No, me neither. I know people would be upset. I like Villanueva. I'll be honest. You know, I was wondering who who am I going to latch on to now that Salarte's gone? It's Via. But if they trade him, they trade him because I'd rather have the you know Edward Olivares in the system that has more upside and potential long term. Uh, value, whether it's as a player on the team or a trade piece, than have, you know, Villanueva for a couple of years. So I don't think I'll ever reach a point where I'm reluctant to trade players. It'd have to be somebody like, I mean, just an absolute superstar, right? I mean, like Tatis would be the guy I'm like, no, no, yeah. don't do it, right? Like a Rizzo. When they traded Rizzo, oh, oh God, I was furious. But as soon as they got Alonzo, I'm like, oh, no, don't trade Rizzo. Flip Alonzo. That's why I was pissed off at that trade. Yeah, I was uh, too. It's not so much I cared about Latos. As a baseball trade, it was, was a good the move. They got a yeah, four for one yeah, for they, a starting well, pitcher. Well, even you just you throw Volquez out because he needed a fill for that. But Hey, he almost was the first no-hitter in Padre history. Almost doesn't count. Only in horseshoes and hand grenades. Mm-hmm. Um, now... But they got back an everyday first baseman. They got back a catcher who was the best player in the deal. And they got back a decent reliever with some... And all these guys had upsides to be at least major league regulars. Right. So from a baseball move, it was great. But I knew what it meant for Rizzo. I knew exactly what it meant. So it, it had to be a situation like that where I'm like, this guy's too young. You can't give up on him. I'd be like Margot. Like, I feel like Margot's going to be an above average everyday player. I think he's going to be Juan Lagares' defense with better offense. Yeah. Maybe not Lorenzo Cain, but Lorenzo Cain light. Not a five or six one player. 
but a three-win player, a very good everyday center fielder, if not, you know, an all-star. So those are the guys to be reluctant on. Guys like Ross and Hand and, you know, Yates. And, I mean, if he pans out, Phil Hughes, uh, Jordan Lyles. Like, those are guys that they constantly find. Oh, yeah. They found Chassin last and year. And they somehow get value out of these guys. Yeah. I get stoked when the Padres make They the fucking trade. got Naylor for Kashner. Kashner is awful this year. Yeah. It would have been nice to have uh, Luis Castillo, though. But, it would have been. Even though he's know. got a 5-ERA and he'd be getting called a bust right now yeah. on Padres Twitter. It'd be oh, nice yeah, to have him. would, for sure. Um, the last question here is the, as you know, we were saying before, the favorite question of ours today. Uh, Raging Ricky at underscore blood, or blood underscore light. Uh, he says, which Preller trade, other than the Will Myers or Matt Kemp trade, would you reverse immediately? I want to hear yours because I have to think about this one. You have to think about it? Yeah. Dude, no fucking brainer, dude. Justin Upton trade. The Justin Upton trade. You had him for six months. I mean, I, I get it. Okay, we were going for it. I, I was stoked. think about that just because Max Freed, I don't think he's done anything yet. I was stoked. I forgot about him. I was super stoked when they brought him in. So oh, well, as was Don't I. get me wrong. I was jacked. So I, found I out still remember. Freed. It was my mom's birthday. It was uh, just in 2014, December 19th. They traded... They traded for Justin Upton. I was stoked. I said, oh, hey, we're going for it. 2015, baby. Final piece. Hell yeah, we got Justin Upton. But we, when you look at it, they gave up Max Fried. They gave up Dustin Peterson, Jace Pearson, which is whatever. And Malik Smith. So just even if you traded Max Fried and Malik Smith. Malik Smith is basically a younger Jankowski. I like I like the potential for Malik Smith. I do too. Even but- if it's Max Fried and uh, Malik Smith for Justin Upton, that's still a shitty deal. If you would have sat there and turned around, I mean, I know that you shouldn't kind of tie the trades together, but if they would have sat there and said, sure, give us Michael Fulmer for Justin Upton, then, hey, that's great. Yeah. Then I probably No, absolutely, because Michael Fulmer is the equivalent of a first-round pick at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, at, at that point, I love Justin Upton here. I wish they would have signed into a contract, but we all knew that they weren't. Yeah. So, I mean, trading those guys there for, for that, I think that's the, the trade immediately, if, if not for the Kemp or the Will Myers trade, that I would reverse immediately that's because what do we have to show for that we have nothing we have absolutely nothing to show for that i'm trying to think of the other trades you made but really yeah you're right i'd have to say you're you're 100 percent correct on that i mean i think you hate you hated the grand all trade yeah at the time too and i got a lot of well we were in podcast time but i got shit on for it by you cousin aj (laughs) yeah my uncle who's a baseball my uncle aj's dad is basically the mark sweeney of our family (laughs) he actually is better than that but he's very he's he he's like oh the the Royals host the the or the uh, the race host the uh, or no the Royals host the race in the James Shield trade. I'm like I don't know. I think it might break even when all said and done. But no, um, I didn't like the Kemp trade not because I didn't like Kemp. I didn't know he was going to be that bad. Nobody knew he was going to be that bad in the outfield. Nobody knew. Right. Nobody saw it coming. Even when he got him, like you know, the Padres might compete. Um, I didn't like it because they were giving up a young guy who still had upside and I think got a fair shake here for Matt Kemp. You're basically getting power sacrificing power with more upside. Grandal's done nothing but be incredibly productive yeah. for the Dodgers, to the point where he made the all-star team. He's made a two- to three-win catcher, and he's better than Hedges. Yeah, the fact that we're sitting there saying, oh, hey, it's cool, we have uh, we have Hedges, so it's fine, and, yeah. then, and then seeing how Hedges has turned out. Just Hedges, to me, miserable. he's going to be Jose Molina at the very worst. Yeah, so uh, we have uh, Conniff coming in. We're The uh, overlord, we've bumped Charity. Actually, Charity bumped us. He big leagued us. He's been MLB credentialed tonight, but he didn't get the interview press pass, so suck it, Charity. Yeah, the fucking big shot over there gets to talk to Fran Milray. Big Kevin Charity. Yeah, so he's uh, at Petco Park as we speak. So we have uh, John Conniff coming in from Madfriars. Let's bring him in.
All right, and we are back with the overlord of Mad Friars, John Conniff back on. Now, let's be honest, John. You're only on because Charity bumped us. But nonetheless, we're glad to have you. How's it going? Thanks. It's really nice to be here filling in for Kevin, who I pimp out on the side. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty happy. What's the uh, going rate on uh, on a BBW like Kevin? Well, you guys know Kevin, so you can let your imaginations run wild. Yeah, and my wallet run thin. Yeah, three hot dogs, I think, would do it. <laughs> well, Woods is a freak. We all know that. So yeah. you never know what he's into. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's let's get into the draft. The Padres' seventh overall pick took uh, Ryan Weathers. Um, what what do you what do you think about the the pick so far? You know, we we were kind of talking a little bit off air that. David Jay and I both made a very wise move after 2016 to kind of shut up until the whole draft is done because we were the ones going, God, I can't believe they took Hudson Sanchez. This, early. this has to be a really stupid move. And we ended up looking like assholes. So uh, we, <laughs> we decided we're going to wait. From what it seems on the outside, it look, looks like there might have been some type of pre-draft deal that maybe Mark Connors and A.J. Preller are seeing this as a bigger board with some of the extra money that they got. That would be my assumption right now, but uh, we'll find out more at the end of the day. And to pimp our side a little bit, both Kevin and David are down at Petco in the press conference, and they should have interviews up on our site by the time this runs with at least uh, a couple of the guys that are drafted that they'll make available. That's great. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin's down there to get an interview with uh, Framil Reyes, correct? I think that kind of fell through at the last minute, but we'll oh. send Kevin back down there again. And uh, uh, he'll talk to Framil because uh, – Maybe they can both dine at the buffet because Fran Mill, I know, can kill a buffet. I mean, that. Oh, wait amazing. till he meets Charity. We'll see about that. We will see about that. Here's I don't know. Fran Mill's a big. Fran Mill's a big, hungry man. I mean, you got to remember, <laughs> Fran Mill is a, like a put together six five two two seventy five. Yeah. So you can imagine the damage he can do at a buffet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him. I went to the game last week, or actually just yesterday. I saw him in the on-deck circle. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's huge. Like, <laughs> uh, I was at the games, and I saw Blash in the on-deck circle, and I swear I could high-five him from the top tank. But, like, I see Reyes, and he seems, like, even bigger. It's it's just insane. He's a little thicker than Blash, I think. Him, oh, yeah. A tad. A tad. You know, the, the consensus was that everyone kind of thought that the Padres were going to take uh, Libertor um, out yeah. of – you know, the high school arm out of uh, Arizona. And you you kind of brought up a good point on Twitter talking about, hey, Logan White is in Arizona. So, I mean, do you, you want to kind of tell people, um, elaborate off of those comments you made off of Twitter, kind of comparing Weathers and uh, Libertor and maybe why they went with Weathers? Well, you know, as we talked, I mean, Logan White lives out in the Phoenix area. And, I mean, he is really, like, keyed in on everybody that's out there. So I'm sure he's seen Libertor pitch right since he's been about 13 years old. So Logan White carries, and with good reason, a lot of weight within, you know, the Padres scouting department. And I think a couple of us were joking, like uh, Keith Law made a point that it could have been Baum was going there. If it came down between Libertor and Weathers, you know, all of us were thinking like, if Logan says take Libertor, they take Libertor. If Logan says they don't take Libertor, they, they go look at someone else. So my guess is they probably moved off him. Could have been the amount of money that he wanted would kind of affect what they're going to do down the draft. But I I feel pretty comfortable at kind of going with Logan White. If that makes me a homer, then you know, so be it. Well, they brought him in for that, right? I mean, that's why they yeah. plucked him away from the Dodger. Dodger fans were actually mad that – they plucked Logan White from that system. I think that tells you all you need to know about oh, a behind-the-scenes be. guy. Yeah, I mean, you should be just because you look at the talent that he picked. 
I mean, you can anytime we ever talk to Logan White for about more than ten minutes, you know, we walk away going, "Well, gee, that <laughs> I learned a lot more than I or <laughs> than I thought I knew right there." I mean, he's a very, very bright person. Now, with um, the Padres obviously going under slot, I think it's clear that Weather's going to be an under slot, even though he's not a bad pick. I touched on it, but he's got really good readings um, on his scouting reports. Do you think, because there's been talks, I've actually had talks with uh, Charity about this, about maybe Noah Naylor, Josh Naylor's younger, maybe higher upside brother, telling other teams he's not going to sign, purposely to be signed by the Padres in their next pick? I haven't heard anything about that, but, you know, that that could happen. I, from what I understand that he, he's not he's not going out as a catcher. They see him more as a third baseman. But, um, Interesting. No, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that's by Keith, Keith Law, who... You know, I know Eric's not a big fan of his, but both Danny and I are... About 95% of Twitter. I think it's just you and me, John. We know Marver's not a fan. Yeah, we're we're waiting for that manifesto once that comes out. Uh, Yeah, we'll interview Keith Law. I'll ask him if he's afraid of it tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, you're talking with Law tomorrow. I should, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So there you go. There's a good $5 right there for Matt Fryers. Yeah, make sure you go on there, subscribe, madfriars.com. You know, John, uh, for me, I'll fully admit to kind of being a simpleton when it comes to the draft. but To say just, the least. Yeah, to say the least. But kind of my my way of looking at it is I look at it and uh, I read off a list that uh, your own Marcus Pond put out earlier talking about the depth in the system with the arms. Is right. it kind of wrong wrong for me to be looking at this draft before they take weathers and be like, hey, I kind of hope that they go with a bat? Like, regardless of best player available here and there, like, I, I kind of wanted them to go ahead and take a bat, and they they didn't. But I don't know. Is that is that dumb? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's dumb because I used to make the <laughs> – it took me about three different scouting directors when I made the same argument you did to tell me I was an idiot. And so by the third time, <laughs> I picked up that I, I wasn't that bright. <laughs> and what the guy said is, you know, each draft is different, and these right. guys are so far away. That as one guy put it, if there's three left-handed hitting catchers, which are the best guys when they come up, you take the three left-handed hitting catchers because it's about acquiring and accumulating talent. Yeah. And the worst way to look at it is just saying, you know, the Padres really need like a third baseman. We should take one, and and that because it might not be a year where there is a good third baseman. True. Yeah, that's true. And you know, as we're talking right now, real time, uh, Noah Naylor just went number twenty-nine to Cleveland. God so damn it, there it goes. There goes that. Well, you know, I do. See. I do have one quick story. Is about since I've done this for a few years. One guy I got to know a little bit when he was when the Padres was Brad Brock. You remember uh. him? And Brock was picked. And you guys are like this because you both play adult league baseball. Was Brock was picked like forty second round or something like that. And in high school in New Jersey, he was like six two and a half. Played basketball and baseball. A bunch of his buddies went to Monmouth, this this kind of like Division two or Division three school in New Jersey, and he played. He grew three inches. He was okay as a starter. He threw about in the high 80s, 86, 87. And some scout took him at the very end. And so they're talking about the scout says, hey, we like you could sign with the Padres. We'll give you like $1,000. And Brock said, oh, is this part of the negotiation process? And the guy says, no. This is either here's a plane ticket, here's after taxes, it's $500, buy your parents a steak, you get a new glove and a pair of cleats. Take it or, or this offer's gone by within an hour. <laughs> oh, God. And Brock was so, ruthless. you know, he was such a good guy. He was funny. He said, you know, because I already taken the GMAT. I was going to get my MBA. I had my degree in accounting. I thought, 
this is really fun. I'll go out there, you know, I'll, I'll have a summer of baseball to probably cut me, and I'll come back, and I can say I played pro baseball. And he goes out there. The Padres move him to the bullpen. They finally can really command his fastball. His velocity takes up, and he just kind of takes off. And the funny thing is, too, is I've written about 20, no, 19 freelance pieces for Baseball America, and I sent one in for him when he was in the Cal League. And they said, well, we like the story, but, you know, Brock's never going to make the major league, so no thanks. <laughs> and now look at Baseball America. Yes. A bunch of hacks. A bunch, bunch of hacks. Exactly. Uh, well, Brock's so, been okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he's only a high leverage reliever on a really bad team. Probably be a nice trade piece this year. Um, speaking of uh, guys plucked out of nowhere, uh, you had a really interesting stat on Luis Urias that you shared with us because I think Padre right. fans, especially with Perella and Spangenberg and the other second base options available, Padre fans are chomping at the bit for Urias to be brought up, and we're trying to figure out reasons why they would hold him down. Obviously, the service time he's fine. He's not going to have an extra year, of, uh, or he'll have an extra year of service time now. And now the current hot topic about holding players down is the Super 2. So that way they don't get four years of arbitration, they get three. So you actually had something that's like tangible evidence that may be why they're not uh, so quick with the trigger to pull your Rias up. Do you want to share that with us? Sure. There's a couple things. There's one, right now as we tape on Monday night, You know, his overall numbers are 264. 377, 399, and a slash line. And when I saw him in El Paso in April, you know, it seemed like he was kind of doing, you know, he was just kind of a little bit off. And uh, Kyle Glazer of Baseball America made the point that he thought his leg kick was a little more pronounced this year. He was trying to go for too much power. But what we were talking about when I looked into the stats, the fascinating number for me was, you know, during day games, he's batting 389, 476, 722, and that's in 63 plate appearances. At night, though, in about 160 plate appearances, it's 216, 339, 273. Wow. Yeah. And that's also on, on home and road, he has some pretty good splits, too. It's 226, 333, 323 at home, and on the road, it's 300, 417, 470. Now, he hasn't turned 21, he's still the youngest player in the league. I mean, but the concept which you guys were bringing up, which I think is correct, is that somehow he's tearing up the PCL and being held down is not really accurate. That's true. And you know what? Before you even brought up those numbers, I hadn't even... Uh, no clue. Yeah, no I idea know whatsoever. 260. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just assuming that he was going to come in and, you know, light the world on fire, be the guy that gets on base all the time. But, um, you know, when you kind of break it down like that, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it kind of makes sense because I was looking at that Super 2 date because I was like, hey, it has to be Super 2 because it can't be anything else. But when you dive into those numbers, and that's kind of analysis you get at madfires.com, it kind of gives you a better a better picture of what's going on. Well, yeah, that, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate that. But you know, another thing, too, I think once he gets back up to where he's supposed to be, I still think he puts the barrel of the, the bat on the ball better than anybody I've ever seen. He's a good defensive player. But, you know, he's also, and we've discussed this before, I think he's going to be a very good player, but it's not like, okay, hey, Urias is here, let's go win the World Series, because he's going to hit 20 bombs, 40 doubles. He's going to do all this stuff. He's, he's a really good complementary player. And I think even as on the Darren Smith show, I said – I thought Arias is a top prospect, but I think there's a separation between guys like Tatis and Gore and Arias. 
and that's all I see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would agree with you. I'd agree with that. I would agree with that, but I'm just stoked to get him up here, man, because I want to see the on base on base season. And he did just just over the weekend turn 21, and I'm on I'm on Snapchat, you know, like all of us millennials are. Um, I'm on Snapchat, and so I, was, I follow Urias on Snapchat, and he had uh, his 21st birthday. He was up drinking Don Julio tequila at tequila at uh, one in the morning. The next day he goes one for four. I so. think it's funny he puts it out there like it's the first time he's ever had tequila. Yeah, very honorable from the young man. But <laughs> well, I have to ask my daughter about that. She's thirteen. She can uh, tell me how how that works. So the Snapchat <laughs> or the tequila? Well, hopefully it's just the Snapchat. The tequila, Dad. You might not get the answer you want, John. I'd hold off on that question. Oh God, you're scaring the hell out of me. You know what? I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, remember mine's three. my daughter. Thirteen. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'll be here to help you out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ten years, you'll have your revenge. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. Hey, um, you know, maybe because I know uh, David J goes up there quite a bit. We've been up there a couple times with uh, Kevin for Elsinore. But have you guys heard anything on like Buddy Reed? Is is he for real? You know, Reed was. Uh, I think I wrote that in one of the dailies on Saturday. Was I don't have it in front of me. Reed had about two thirty in Fort Wayne, two fifty in Tri Cities, and honestly, I didn't think he had. I, I thought he looked lost from both sides of the play. You know, and then he's up there. He just tears it up. And David, of course, was more negative than I was. I'm stunned. And David came you're, back, you're and, kidding and me. he was amazed. He said, "Yeah, he said he looked pretty good." Wow. I mean, uh, you should probably bring Kevin on and have Kevin talk a little bit more about that than me. I'm going to hopefully be out in Lake Elsinore in July, so I'd like to see him myself. But uh, yeah, the guys have said that it's it's real. He looks really disciplined at the plate. Has an idea what he's doing, particularly from the left side. And, uh, you know, God, if Buddy Reed can hit, I mean, Buddy Reed is an athlete. I mean, Buddy Reed can really get the ball and run, too. And the stolen bases he has are really impressive, too. I think he has, like, 23 right now. Yeah, and he's, like, rarely getting caught either, which is impressive, too, because that tells you he's picking you know, he's picking his times, picking and choosing the right times to run, and he's being successful at it. So Yeah, he's, um, 20, he's 24 out of 29, so that's pretty good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that for sure, man. Well, that's cool. I know you'll be out here in July, so we'll have to make our way up to uh, Elsinore and have a big meetup. I don't know if Kevin's going to come with us. It might be that ego might not fit in that small press box. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Woods already threw him some love on Twitter this, uh, on the on the draft too. Oh, yeah, did oh baseball savant Woods. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's exciting. So I know you're going to Fort Wayne here soon. Uh, anything else right. in particular you guys have coming up on Madfires you want to let the uh, listeners know about? Yeah, we should have some pretty good draft coverage. I mean, I think uh, Ben Davies is going to circle back and talk with uh, Jim Callis, who's probably the best guy on the draft. And instead, I have an upcoming interview, which I'm looking forward to, and talking to uh, Keith Law. And David should have some pieces on the draft from tonight. And we'll have a lot of coverage on uh, Fort Wayne and hopefully find out more about Mackenzie Gore's blister problems. And uh, the guy I really want to see out there, I want to see Tearsore Nellis, because that's going to be Danny's new favorite guy. Oh, yeah. He already is. He already, he already is. is. He's, he's being yeah. raved about. Probably a top 100 mid-season, I think, per fan graphs. Oh, God. He looks – I mean, from the videos I've seen and the guys that say he just has a beautiful swing. Pretty, pretty swing. Remember who was on him first? It wasn't anybody but me. Okay. Even though it was bias, for bias reasons. That's Not your related L- to talent. Your L swoon. Yeah. <laughs> My a L multi-talented swoon. guy and a hat model. You can't beat that. There That's you go. very true. See, yeah, I got it all, Eric. We'll have to all. update that Twitter bio. Well, hey, guys, follow him on Twitter. Um, uh, well, follow Mad Friars at Mad Friars on Twitter, madfriars.com. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, thanks for your time, John. We'll uh, check in with you later. 
Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. You too, sir. Thank you. All oh, right. it's great having the Overlord on. Yeah, it's great having John on. We always we always kind of joke about uh, bumping Kevin and yeah. Kevin bumping us, um, but it's always a treat to have the Overlord on. So uh, good times from him. You know, one thing in particular I wanted to bring up, I kind of want to bring up during the Padre Twitter segment, but we didn't want to keep John waiting that long. Dude, the Phil Hughes thing over this last week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm glad we saved that for last because that is glorious. Dude, it's been so great, man. Like, I'm sitting there. It couldn't have gone any better. Like, everyone, it, it goes all the way back to a Jared Weaver start. And for Forgive me for not knowing exactly who it was, but they um, they responded to Jared Weaver on Twitter and they said, "Hey, Jared, uh, tough tough outing. Sorry about that L." So, anyways, how many time how many pints of uh, Stone IPA can you drink before you start to feel tipsy or buzzed? <laughs> and Connor, dude at uh, at uh, McCarty Connor, he's one of the funniest motherfuckers on Twitter. Um, so he sat there and he responded to uh, Phil Hughes' tweet and he said that same thing. And then him, Talia, and all these people started cutting and pasting that exact same response. So I did it too. And then uh, he has all these responses. And I'm wondering what's going through his head when he's reading this. Like, what the hell is up with these people? Um, so then I I took a screenshot of it and I said, man, I love Padres Twitter. And then Talia's like, why isn't he responding to us? And I was like, I don't know. Are we too good for you? Or are you too good for us, fam? And then yeah. I, t- I tagged Phil, uh, Hughes. Phil Hughes. And then he's sitting there. He's like, oh, cue me in. And, dude, we were talking to him for forever on Twitter, just responding to A good to hour shit. of going back and forth. Yeah. And then uh, then he- the challenge was made. <laughs> well, I was just like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. And we're not, I don't think we'll ever be the type to, aside from the Madfires guys who yeah. will have, like, interviews or have people on with us. Um, rarely. I mean, there's a rare exception, but um, I don't ever see us as having Phil Hughes on anyways. But I was like, you know what? Let me just fuck around. I said, hey, let's be friends. Come on our podcast. Yeah. And he goes, and to his credit, he looks at my page. Well, Talia talk, well, talked us up. Well, he goes to my page, and he and goes to your page. page, and he counts our followers. And he's like, ooh, a combined 1,200 something? He's like, I'm going to have to see better numbers than that. Which, for a few Phil Hughes to say that is kind yeah. of ironically hilarious. <laughs> but <laughs> but he, sa- he comes out and says, hey, if the crying Jordan guy can get 3,000 followers, I'll come on. And so all these people on... First I- and foremost, Patrick Brewer, step off, son. <laughs> step off. You yeah. keep your guy. You keep your scouts coming on. Let us have this. Well, I text Danny. I said, yeah. I guarantee you that fucking Brady Phelps is going to vulture in on this and say, Hey, I'm already there. Hey, come on, zero chance, zero chance. You come on the zero chance podcast. <laughs> I I thought for sure that Brady would come in, and no more than five minutes after I text Danny, here comes Patrick Brewer. Hey, uh, hey Phil, uh, we have uh, plenty of followers. Step off, Brewer. Yeah, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But I thought it was funny as hell. And so, and I appreciate everyone who's retweeting the tweet saying, hey, make sure you follow Miserable SD fan. There's no way I'm going to get to 3,000. Oh, God. Um, but it would be so glorious if we could. Yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. And I So told, maybe we'll start a GoFundMe to buy them. Cause, dude, it's like 20 bucks. Really? Yeah, it's like 20 bucks. I, I'm, what I'm going to do is I tweeted at him. I I'll said, split. I'll give you 10 bucks right now. Done deal. So I told him, I tweeted at him, and I said, hey, well, actually. Okay, I'm glad you're giving me cash because if you pay in credit and yeah, my, my and escort debit, service might still be going on. Yeah, here. I don't want dipping your escort funds. I just bought a thousand followers, <laughs> so I was telling him. I said, "Hey, you know what? I have so much faith in Padres Twitter. When you guys get back from your road trip, it's gonna I'm gonna have three thousand. And the reason why is I'm gonna buy the followers and I'm just gonna see what he says. And if we get him in here, then great. We'll talk to Phil Hughes. But I was telling I was telling a few guys. I was like, dude, he's doing a good job endearing himself to the Padre Twitter fan base. So it's gonna make it much easier." on all of us when he's serving up steaks through <laughs> the rest of this season. And he all gave up one season. to debut. Yeah, when when he's serving up steaks and getting shelled, it makes it a lot easier because he's a 
likable dude. And that's, dude, that's all we ask for on Padres Twitter. Throw us a bone. You know what I mean? Interact. Make us Talk shit with us. Yeah. See, this is my issue. I argued with uh, Charity when I saw him earlier today about the Sweeney Says account, right? Because obviously, you know, didn't wanted to hide behind, uh, you know, the, the anonymous account. But the whole thing about it is like, if you're not so sensitive, the reality is if people are reading these tweets, because they're pe- Sack Button Dustin was the best. These can't be real quotes. Spoiler <laughs> alert, they weren't. I was just paraphrasing. Yeah. But the reality is if people see that and think that's really Mark Sweeney, there's no way he could have said that. They're going to tune into the fucking game to figure it out. And what does that mean? <laughs> that means pe- more people are going to watch, which means you can demand higher ad revenue because now you're getting ratings. I'm creating ratings for the Padres <laughs> and getting people to watch a very crappy product to hear like a niche, you know, a niche uh, segment of a guy just rambling on over and over again about the dumbest stuff. Yeah. And they shut the account down. I'm like, I'm bringing it positive attention. It brought joy to the masses Dude, I, for I, two I t- weeks. I tweeted him and I said, hey, uh, Phil, I'm going to the game tomorrow. I'm going to stop by the bullpen and say hi. I'll be the fat guy wearing brown. And so I'm sitting there. And when we get into the game, it's it's uh, we're behind home plate as they're singing the anthem. And, of course, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to go anywhere. I can't walk when they're singing the anthem because I'm too busy kneeling. I'm kidding. Um, but I'm sitting there, and I was like, as soon as it's done, I power walked over to the bullpen. Power walked over there, and out comes the relievers to the bullpen. And they go in the little, they have like a little underground tunnel. little tunnel thing over there where they hang out during the day games because they want to stay out of the sun. But I see Phil Hughes, and I'm wearing my brown. And I'm like, hey, hey, Phil, 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 trying to get his attention. And then he finally looks up, and I'm like, what's up, baby? And then he kind of, he looks up, and he like squints. He's like, oh, he like nods, smiles. You should have brought the shit. crying Jordan with the, I'm going to make you. you know, I want one of those. I'm like gonna, the big head yeah, things yeah, like the I'm college make basketball. You, not a big one, but you can make little ones that come with the popsicle sticks. Yeah. I'm going to make you one. I want one I of think those, I'm going to get you one. I want one of those so bad. But uh, Phil Hughes on the off chance that, first of all, you listen to this, and second of all, you listen to it this uh, this far into the show. We appreciate it, man. Let's let's have some fun with this because uh, that's all we have for Padre fans. But um, before we get out of here, is there anything else uh, you want to throw out there for our listeners? Everybody, again, I just want to thank you one more time for making Sweeney Says the best Twitter endeavor I've ever had for the three weeks I had it. It was an absolute blast. And uh, thanks for those who took the piss and actually thought it was real. And also those who uh, tweeted. Shout out to Talia because she's the first one to comment on it and actually bring it to attention with her uh, iconic LMAO bruh. And then, of course, uh, also shout out to those who I won't name who are behind the scenes uh, contributing to the... uh, to the uh, bit there. I actually got a DM. Uh, you know, let me look it up. Let me, because he's the first guy to DM uh, Sweeney <laughs> says. says. Yeah, I'll look it up. Because I was always open. Yeah, I'm not going to put it out there in public, right? Because I wanted, you know, I didn't want people to to know. But um, at uh, Baseball Nick 25 Nick, when uh, he DM'd me a couple days ago and says, Love the page, uh, drop in the word historically. And so I said, I got you, fam. And the next one, <laughs> next one dropped in historically and said, I'm always open to suggestions. So again, Thanks, everybody. It was fun while it lasted. There will be no Mark Sweeney account, yeah. uh, unfortunately. I think I'm going to let it rest. But it was glorious while it lasted, and I love you all. Yeah, it very much, very much was. Sweeney says has signed off for the last time. Yeah. So, again, we're going to start doing the shows on Monday due to a single dad child care. Yeah, yeah. I get uh, my kid one extra day. You yeah. Know how excited then, I am for that? Yeah, until that changes, uh, we'll be Mondays from here on out. <laughs> until so. his CPS comes and gets me. Yeah. Hey, what's his escort services? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. We're out of here. We'll check in next. So we grab here.